This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. All right, we're talking about Thrive. Everyone say Thrive. Thrive. Everyone say, I'm a Thriver. All right, here we go. Thrive is to have a vision. This is a message that really I should take a lot more time on because it's part of my life and it should be part of your life to thrive. This is our definition. To thrive is a flourishing life growing spiritually with commitment to God's house, vital connection to God's people, using everything I have to serve any way possible at all times. I read that fast because I've read it every week for five weeks. You should have that in your Bible. Put that down somewhere that you actually begin to pray that for your life. I want to flourish in life. I want to commit to God's house. I want a connection to God's people. I want to serve anywhere all the time. I want to make an impact. To thrive is to do four things and today the fifth. To grow, commit, connect, serve. I've already talked about the four. And now today, to thrive is to have vision. To thrive is to have vision. Now here's my definition for thriving with a vision. I really, really want you to take this definition down. To thrive is to have a vision. Now I want you to look at this, and again, it's worthy to write into your Bible on the back page somewhere, or somehow have it so you can pray over these words. To have a vision is to see with the heart. The Bible is all about eyes of the heart, not eyes of the head. To have vision, you have to have eyes in your heart to see. Ephesians 1.17 would be great to go into, but I can't. Vision is to see with the heart. Why? You make the unseen visible. You make what the eyes, even though you're looking at something with your human eyes, eyes and what the human mind conceived, perceives, and sees is not what the Spirit of God sees. And so it's the heart that actually grasps the invisible. It's the heart of faith. It's the heart that's in you, your inner man, to see the unseen and the unknown possible. Well, where do you see the unknown possible? You see it with your heart. There's something supernatural that takes place when you begin to have a heart vision. You can be daydreaming in your heart, going at it with the vision, seeing something totally, not the traffic, not the paper on your desk, not the kids playing, not the basketball game. You're actually seeing something in your heart. And when that heart vision begins to take root, all of life begins to change. Why? Because in your heart is where faith actually resides. Not in your human mind, your human eyes, but in the heart. So believing you were born for something significant. Well, if you believe you were born for something significant, you need to find what that is. And that's what we're talking about today is to have a vision. I'm not talking about what I'll be talking about next Sunday on Vision Sunday. I'll do something corporate and something big and a report. And our video is outstanding. You're going to love the video. And we'll talk about vision of the church and what we're doing and all that. But I'm talking about you having a vision. Individually, every person to have a vision. First Kings 3, 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon. If you write it in your Bible, I would like you to circle Solomon and then to the side of your Bible, write your own name. Write your own name. Now that's a problem with digital note-taking and phone and iPad and, and laptop and everything. If you can't actually take notes on it, that's why I think everybody still should do the old-fashioned thing, have a Bible with pages that you can turn in and write on. 
so that you can go back and read some of those things that I write into my Bible have a lot of power to move my life. As I go back, I remember the encounter. I remember the revelation. I remember the time I got that scripture. Sometimes I just go through my Bible and read all the stuff I've written in my Bible, and I'm reminded about a lot of the word of the Lord and the promises and feelings and revelation and stuff that's happened because my Bibles, and I have four of them that I write in because I have one at every campus and also in my office, and so I write in all the Bibles all the time what I feel God is saying. Now, this is a scripture for you. First Kings 3, 5 at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to you. The Lord wants to appear in a dream by night. And God said, and I, I'd like you just to hear what he says to this man and possibly what God might want to say to you. Ask, what shall I give you? Ask it. A lot of times vision is never realized because no one ever asks. A lot of times things are left on the table in your life because you don't pursue a lot of times you lift it so high in your mind, your heart won't even go after it. And so I'd like you to pause for a moment in your own life. And if you had a chance to ask God, whatever you would like to happen that your heart would see, that your heart would feel, no matter what age you are, whether you're 13 or 30 or 60 or 90, it doesn't matter the age because God is the God of today. And so God wants to move in your life today, do things in your life today. And God wants to expand your borders today. God never says, okay, you're too old, forget you. You're too young, forget you. I just go with the middle class or the middle age and that's it. That's not the way God works. God uses every person right to the time of their last breath doing the will of God to be an impact in your life wherever you are. Some of the great leaders in the world did the most impact in the last 10 years, five years, three years, and one year of their existence on planet Earth. Some of them did not have the kind of fruit you would like to have until they were way into their 70s and their 80s. Want to talk about that, which I can't. Benjamin Franklin and I start going through all the guys where they were way down the road before they ever became fruitful. Winston Churchill's another one. Those kind of people had their best fruit at the end of their life. So don't cancel yourself out as being too young, too old, whatever, or that you've lost time, lost grip, and lost traction, and whatever. I want you to look at the verse and simply pray it in your heart. Ask what I shall give you. Now, this would be a sad thing if you have nothing in your heart to ask for. That'd be sad. Wow. Frank, ask me what I shall give you. Uh, um, I'm good. <laughs> That'd be sad. Uh, don't worry about it. I don't really need anything. I'm not asking for any mountains. I'm not crossing any rivers. I'm not going for any dreams. I'm not enlarging any boundaries. I, I'm, I'm really just fine where I'm at, so don't worry about it. That'd be a sad day. If ever the spirit of faith comes upon you and you feel the unction of this scripture to, to become reality in the eyes of your heart, and God says, oh, by the way, do you have some things you want to ask of me? I certainly do, Lord. Number one, here's my first one. 
Here's a huge mountain that I want to climb and I can't climb it by myself. I don't know where the resources are. Here's a decision I need to make. Here's some things I'm expanded on, but I don't know how far to go. And Lord, I'm asking you also for this person in my life. And you start lifting them up. God enjoys challenges. He gets bored with boring people. He enjoys challenges. Great is thy faithfulness. You can't have the faithfulness of God until you move into faith. Why would you need to sing great is thy faithfulness if he's been faithful over nothing big in your life? It would be a shallow song to sing great is thy faithfulness and you have no faith to live by. It's when you're out of the boat you need the miracle. It's when you have the need for God to move in that God moves in. If you never position for that, you never see that. Well, I don't need a miracle. That's because you're still on the boat. Ask. Man, I got a list. I got a list. I write them down. I journal my mountains. I'm not so good at journaling my answers as my questions. I'm not so good at the afterward to journal how it happened, but I certainly know what must happen. What have you written down? What are you asking? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Famous verse, wonderful verse, used verse. Why? Because it's just a great verse. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. You have a future. Say, well, I do and I have a past. That's exactly why you have a future. God's grace, God's goodness, God's forgiveness gives something in your mouth to say, you have a future. You've got to use everything from your past for the future. You've got to use every lack of fulfillment to put it into a new hope so that you can believe for new things. Here's another famous scripture, and there's a reason it's famous. First Chronicles 4.10. Jabez called on God. If you've never read the Jabez book, you should. There's a reason it sold so much. Oh, that you would bless me. Enlarge my territory. Well, as you know, Jabez was born in sorrow. The whole verse and the context is what makes it so powerful. He had no reason to pray this prayer. His very name means bummer. That's my interpretation. But his name means sorrowful. He was born in sorrow. And when his mother birthed him, she cried out, this is a sorrowful experience and this is a sorrowful kid. So every time at school or wherever he went, people called Jabez, they were saying, hey, sorry, come and play with us, you sorrowful looking thing. So there's nobody, Jabez. But at some point he turned the corner and that's why this prayer becomes so powerful. Oh, that you would bless me. You would bless me. I don't care what people call me. I don't care what people say about me. 
and you would enlarge my territory. Everybody else has, and I don't, I'm asking for enlargement. That your hand would be on me. And that you would keep me from evil. And this is an interesting phrase worth preaching, that I may not cause pain. I was born in pain. I understand pain, but I won't cause pain. They say those that have been abused will become abusers. Those that go through pain maybe will inflict pain on other people. But this man is saying, even though I've been through a very hard time, I don't want to be painful for others. I want to turn it around. So God granted him what he requested. Seven types of people, you're one of them. One, people with no vision. Two, people with little vision. Three, people with a confused vision. Four, people with a wrong vision. So we, I don't have any vision. That's, that's bad. Well, I have a little. That's not much better. Well, I have something, but I'm a little confused. Well, Maybe. I have a vision, but I think it's wrong. How about people with a vague vision? I kind of see it, I kind of don't it. I don't know. How about people with, this, is, this has got to be the worst, in my estimation, with someone else's vision. One thing to have a little vision of your own, another thing to have totally nothing in you, and you're just living someone else's vision. That. You don't want that. You are created with a purpose, significance, impact, individual anointing, power over your life. You have a calling. And only you can do it. Only you can have that path. Only you can fulfill that vision. Don't live someone else's vision. People with someone else's vision will end up feeling very depressed about it in the end of time. People with God's vision is what we're after. People with God's vision are people who know how to put it all together. Now, again, I can't preach this because my time is gone. But when you put together God's vision, there are some things you better have in order as the basic foundation of your life. I'm going to just roll through these because I have to. You have to have your roles in place, your relationships and responsibilities that you have in life. You have to do well with those. As a father, as a son, as a daughter, as a mother, as a worker, as a boss, as your role. You have a role in life. You have to take that role and make it successful. You have to be a good daughter, a good son, a good father, a good brother, a good sister, a good boss, a good worker, a role you play in life. Your roles are part of you fulfilling your vision. You have a role for a specific reason, your responsibilities in life. Two, you have a mission. 
Well, your role sometimes will interact with that mission, discern destiny, desired achievements. Something in your heart begins to kind of move as a father, as a worker, as a student, as a person playing these different roles. You start moving in life and you start getting the mission. Maybe it's because you start ministering to the poor or you start teaching in the high school, start getting the burden for the young. Maybe you didn't start with that mission. You started with an achievement of education, but along the line comes a burden and a vision for young people. And, and you begin to move into that mission. And before you know it, your mission begins to work with your role. Third, you also have to have values. And those values are going to keep you pursuing the right mission. Your values are your driving inner force that moves you toward different goals. It's what drives you. If you have biblical values, the driving force in you will keep a balanced life. You'll have a pure life. There's a lot of things that go into that when you understand what your values are. Then you have to add to it passion. Now, your passions are the driving inner forces also, and your passions move you towards your goals because your passions live in your heart. It's amazing when you get your roles right, your mission, your values, and you begin to move into things, passion begins to take place without even trying to do it. Why? Passion is rooted in something. Passion is not an emotion. Passion is the state of the heart. Emotions come and go. Passion stay. Why? Because it's rooted in something. Then you add to that your character. You're not going to achieve vision without character. You're not going to really do what Jesus wants you to do if you keep a flaky character. You've got to be pure and right and motive with integrity and all the stuff that makes up character. These are things you work on to fulfill the vision. And then you start making good decisions. Ability to choose from the varieties of options. Why? Well, it's really simple to make a good decision when you have good values. It is almost impossible if you have no values. You will be the most double-minded, inconsistent decision maker this world has ever seen. That's what our world has, is a lot of people who make decisions on emotions, not even passion, emotions, or they make decisions on a value system that says, me first, or I'm going to go after that. Why are you going after that? Because, and so if you have the wrong value system, wrong decisions will fall right into place. Right value system? Before you know it, you're doing things that are great. Responses are attitude response in the face of failure, success, and life's mysteries. So we begin to respond properly. Why? Because we're rooted in something that allows us to respond properly. Well, if you put those together, those little circles, your life will take on more meaning. You are unique, special. God created you for something very special. We call it living by purpose. You have capacity to get a hold of what I'm saying. You have the Spirit of God, the Word of God, God himself interceding for you. You have capacity. You have a great future. I've already read you the scripture. And this is what I'm going to end with. I'm going to say it as we're going to sing a beautiful song that fits in with what I want to pray with you. I want you to believe that you already have a vision, but it's in your spirit man somewhere. You've got to live it out. I want you to believe that you can have a significant impact on this world. I want you to believe that you can break out of your limitations. I want you to believe that you have abundant opportunities when you're walking in the ways of God. Abundant opportunities. 
Say, well, I don't see them. Of course you don't, because you don't have a vision of the heart. You have a chance to start new right now. Wherever you've come from and wherever you're going, today is always the pivotal door hinge to how you're going to get there. I would like to say, today is a day I say, Lord, fill my heart with a heart vision. Lord, fill my heart with eyes to see. Lord, bring me into focus and let me fulfill the great things God has for me.